My name's Jesse Lyon, Chief Dream Scientist at DreamApp, and my job is to help you unlock the power of your dreams. On today's episode, we're talking about sleep paralysis, shadow figures that appear in your room while you sleep, and why dreaming about snakes might actually symbolize your penis, regardless of whether you identify as male or female. Let's get into it. Today, I'm joined by Megan, the face behind the viral TikTok account, Daddy.Lemons. With over 990,000 followers, she lives in Alabama, but she's not afraid to tell it exactly how it is. She's someone who struggles with nightmares, lucid dreams, and sleep paralysis constantly throughout her life. And today, we take a look at why that happens, what her dreams are trying to tell her, and what she can do about it. Hey, all right. We'll see. Usually, when there's two people, I don't get kicked out of her after 40 minutes. If we do, We'll just keep going. <laughs> well, well, I'll I'll join you back. But usually, when there's two people, it doesn't it doesn't actually kick you out after 40 minutes. You know how Zoom does that? Uh, no, I never have gotten on Zoom. This is actually my first time on a podcast in general. <laughs> so, oh my like, gosh, I love it! Welcome to the podcast, Megan Lemons. Over 900,000 followers on TikTok, by the way. Uh, I don't know how you popped across my for you page or something. I think someone tagged me in one of your videos and was like, Jesse, you got to make a response to this. And so I was like, damn, okay, Megan's got something going on over here. Well, and actually, so here oh, we are. Yeah, you actually uh, was, you were actually tagged to my second account. And I went on my second account because I, you know, it's a lot less people looking and speculating because I actually really wanted to know what was going on uh, with these dreams. So it was just kind of, you know, it was just kind of by pure luck, I guess. <laughs> Well, the, the power of the TikTok algorithm, as it always is. Right, right. Because my first channel is a hot mess. And let me tell you, it's not <laughs> my <second> channel. <laughs> <laughs> what inspired you to create the second channel? How do you make that like distinction for yourself or what inspired it? Well, when you remember when TikTok was like, I was getting, uh, how do I explain this? I was getting constantly getting community guideline, uh, guidelines for no reason. And it was really scaring me. Um, yeah. Obviously, my account is in good gracing now and it took a while to get that way, but I was getting flagged for no reason. I, I think a lot of people just didn't like uh, certain things that I was putting on the internet, which is okay. I mean, I'm not everybody's cup of tea sugar. So it's just kind of like, it is what it is. Um, right. So I made a second account just in case I lost my first account. Um, and so my second account has just been a complete hot mess. I talk about things that I don't usually talk about on my first channel and um because my, my first channel is just to make content, just to make people smile, laugh, uh, keep people informed, stuff like that. Um, and now it's just kind of grown into some sort of amazing community that I have to where my second account is uh, just really just everything that I'm thinking that I just won't post on my first account. So right, it was right. I actually encourage follower, uh, encourage content creators to make a second account so they can express how they're feeling without the pressure being there on, from their first account. Ooh, for sure. Yeah, I've I've kind of found an outlet for that in stories. So they they're only there for twenty four hours, and so if I just mm -hmm. want to kind of shit post, I'll, I'll make a story. Uh, right. Because there's like there's some um, like trends or like filters that I think are super fun. Just, right. just to enjoy, but it's not like related to my niche or my content. And so I just make a story about it. And that's been, that's been a way, but uh, I guess, yeah. So if, so for you having the main account is like your niche content, it's like what you do. The backup yes. account is where uh, <laughs> more likely to get banned. It's all the other thoughts that yep. don't make it to the main account. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's a risk having the second account. I, I post nothing but risks on my second account and I'm actually a-okay -A with that. <laughs> 
Love that. Love that. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So. Well, we're not here necessarily to talk about shop on TikTok. We're here to talk a little bit more about dreams and stuff. Can you, can you, Megan, introduce for us a little bit like your background, what it is that you do and what it is uh, that is your niche on TikTok? Um, actually, yes. When it comes to my niche, um, there are a lot of, there are a lot of different things that I talk about. Um, one of the main things I, now I will make funny content. I will make reenactments of my family because we are a hot mess down here. Um, but this all boiled down to me becoming medically disabled. I have systemic lupus, um, mixed connective tissue disease, and I also suffer. And I also don't talk about this on my main channel because I've always been made fun of when it comes to this, but I do have narcolepsy, um, a very mild case of nar narcolepsy, but I do nonetheless. Um, yeah, and yeah. it can mess with me. Um, so I, I, became I, I started TikTok just for building my time you know it, it was just I did not want to accept that I would never be able to work again or anything else like that so I literally put my blood sweat and tears um into my content um and it all started with becoming an advocate for uh not only uh just you know medical disabilities but just a huge community when it comes to autoimmune diseases as well yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So, so a lot of the, the inspiration for TikTok has come out of a need to vent and a need to kind of create and do something because of the disability that you experience. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Has TikTok been pretty supportive of that? Or, I mean, you, you mentioned a lot of haters and stuff like that. What's your, um, what's your takeaway from the community in general? Honestly, I, I used to mention that there were a lot of haters. I think I was just so invested. Like, nobody gives you an instruction manual on how to do TikTok, you know? Yeah, that's true. Uh, does. And so when people come in and they just do not like you for no reason, you, you kind of are always like, well, what did I do? What have I done to perceive this hate or anything else like that? When in reality, it's not a me problem, it's a them problem. So I don't necessarily fall towards that. I'm actually very blessed with the platform that I have created. I have put my blood, sweat, and when I, I've said, I put my blood, sweat, and tears, I have put my blood, sweat, and tears, I have put my, you know, my physical health at risk uh, for the platform that I have created. And I have developed an amazing, supportive, loving community um, that I'm actually- It really does seem incredible. It does. You know, when you look in the comments and you see the way that people are interacting with each other, it's, it's really pretty, pretty fantastic, especially for the way that the internet can generally be uh, the support in your- you know, little, little area of TikTok is wonderful. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty blessed. Uh, I mean, anytime I needed help or, you know, um, or, you know, loved ones of mine, uh, for instance, my, you know, best friend, Jojo, uh, she died of colon cancer, uh, October 11th of last year. Uh, they helped her. They, they have helped me in more ways than one. And I've always been truly, truly grateful for them because they have gotten not only me through physical and mental you know, situations. Mm. I got people that I love and care that they didn't even know um, out of mm. uh, stressful situations. And I'm just incredibly blessed. Incredibly. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 When people, when people come and support you that like, you know, you really don't expect or that really don't have to, and that don't owe you anything. No. There's really kind of something magical about that. You know, no. I, I oftentimes feel the same way. It's like, I, man, I'm just, I'm just a guy 
you know, and then here's all these followers who have found a voice by the content that I'm creating and the same yeah. for you. And, and they rally behind it. And there's a way to connect people together who care about the same type of things. I don't know, man, I feel overwhelmed. I don't deserve it. Right. I'm really no. glad that I can give back in that way. And, and see, and that's what is so amazing. It's like the algorithm. It's just like, I've, I've noticed your platform to where it's just like, wow, 1.5 million follow, you know, followers, you know, it, it's just kind of like, you know, for me, it was a little harder to, um, to do this because I'm not your average cup of tea, you know, um, I am people either love me or they, or they hate me. Um, and that's just one of the things that I am just a okay with it. It's just doesn't bother me. Um, but the TikTok algorithm loves, loves, uh, um, emo looking, uh, good looking, you know, good looking men. So it's just kind of like, hello. So you were like the entire pack. Uh, so I was thinking emo of, in general. I didn't know you're going to say men, but I, I guess, I guess so. Well, I mean, why wouldn't I say men? You're a man. I, yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. But, I, um, I wonder though, cause my experience has been kind of the opposite, right? It's like, it seems like, um, those who identify as female get, get pushed. But I wonder if that's just because since TikTok knows that I identify as male, it tries to push female content. So I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if it's well, different. Well, see, here's the thing. And this is what I've noticed. And I was doing some, a, a little bit of research on your account um, to where it's just kind of, I've been on, how long have you been on TikTok? If you don't mind me asking. Like since 2020, that's when I kind of started. So I started, um, I think late 2019, I started in November. Um, and what okay. I've noticed is that like, I'm almost at a million followers and this is insane and crazy to me. Like, I just, I don't even know how I've gotten so like one follower, let alone like all this mass following, but it's just like, as you can tell, it's just like, I have 33, I have like almost 34 million likes on my, on my stuff you have. And I'm not saying this is bad or anything like this is like, I fucking applaud you because I wish that I, I would have no idea what it means. I know what you're about to say. Yeah, go ahead. Say it. And then you have, you know, 10.1 million. So you flew out from the gate and to where it was just like, for me, it was just kind of hard because I, like I said, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Um, I have kind of evolved on this app. And if you go from the very beginning from the app to where I am now, you would be like, holy shit, that's a different person. And, um, and so it's just kind of insane of just how, like how it is. Like I, I applaud, like, I don't get jealous of that. Like I actually applaud this and I'm super, super proud of anybody that could, you know, create a platform like this, especially so quickly, you know, yeah. um, it just wasn't like that on my favor for a long time, but that was also because I was a completely different person than what I am now. So I had to do some adjustments for me, um, to mm -hmm. evolve to the person that have, has made the incredible platform that I have now. So it took a uh, while. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've wondered about that, you know, like what, what that means. Cause some people have like a very high like count and some people have a, like a lower one based on like the number of followers. I don't know what it means. I don't know. Honestly, it's like, you see, you know, cute, you see hot people just getting like, it, I, I think honestly, and this is, you know, and I hope this doesn't offend you in any way, short, you know, shape or form it's because you're hot. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> with me, I'm a third woman, you know, shouldn't be on, you know, the godforsaken TikToks, you know, and, <laughs> and here I am just, I'm not going anywhere. So it's just kind of like a lot Love of people, it. you know, the moms of TikTok relate towards me or like, you know, the alternative side of TikTok. They call me the alternative. Um, the alternative. I love that because of Alabama. 
roll tide. So it's just kind of, it's insane. So it's just, I, I truly think that it's just like, if people can relate, um, if people can, if people are interested, they will instantly hit. But not only that, you have this niche to where for me, I do all sorts of different things on my channel. Like I do, you know, I do, you know, I, I, you know, I do skits and, and comedy and makeup and DIYs and, you know, I dye my hair and I just, you know, try to be as funny as I can, which Lord help me, it's hard being 37 years old and funny <laughs> these days. Um, but you, know, you make a, me chuckle, man. Yeah. But you have a niche. So when you, you are a sleep expert. So when it comes to being sleep ex- expert, they know exactly what they're following when they're following it with me. They don't know what they're, you know, they don't know what they're, bless their heart. They don't know what they're getting themselves into to where with you, you know, and looking yeah, at I do track- think that makes a big difference. Well, thank you. Thank you. But I do, I, I've always kind of wondered about it. And I do think that makes a big difference. Yes. Um, I think because my content is so specialized, it's like, I do dreams. That's it. I just yeah. do dreams. And so when people see my content, they, I think for me, they're more likely to follow because they know exactly what they're going to receive as a value for that channel. Um, yes. That's just my hypothesis, but I don't know. But that's how you and I got connected was through this dream stuff. And your experience has been, well, maybe different than the average person's when it yeah. comes to dreams. Uh, how yeah. is sleep and dreams for you? I, where do we even jump into that? You know, with sleep and dreams for me, it has been an ongoing cycle for me. Um, hmm. Has I, it always I, been this been uh, the way that you're talking about now? Yeah. Well, it started in my it started in my twenties when. Um, okay. It started in my 20s when I lost the love of my life in a car accident and um, it got really bad. And then it was just like two years, two years and 10 days later, I lost my father and something switched in me. And I don't know what it was. I've always had vivid dreams, but I've never, I I never really experienced traumatic things that have happened um, until I was about 27 years old. And I think there was a lot of things that I, a lot of things internally that I was struggling with that I just would not voice. And it was really, really hard for me. And it developed, you know, narcolepsy for me. And it's, it's insane. I, and I don't hmm. even know how that neurologically works. You know, I don't know how that comes yeah. Do you, the way that you described that just then sounded like you kind of relate those to each other, all the things that you kept inside kind of escaped into this narcolepsy or developed this narcolepsy did you mean that when you said that or do you have a different sort of idea about this I honestly I don't know at this point I like I Hmm. am very I'm a very spiritual person um a lot of people don't know and I mean I I do have playlists on my first channel but um I am a psychic me I am a clairsentient psychic medium um I am it's it's intuitive feeling um I feel yeah clairsentient what does that what does that mean for those like me who maybe don't know it's intuitive feeling. So it is, um, Oh, I feel energies, whether they are both alive or dead. So like a lot of people will get empath Mm -hmm. and sentience mixed up. Um, I feel, yes, I feel every bit of energy, um, when it comes to, uh, individuals and their struggles and their pain. Um, I've had to shield myself because it's affected my physical health so much. And I don't know if that comes into play, but I'm actually really interested, um, to, to deep dive into that. Um, but it was pretty insane for me for, for years, my sleep 
you know, I, I thought that it was just wear and tear. Um, I dealt with a lot with, when I was a little girl um, and I internalized it my entire life. And I just never saw past it. And um, I guess when I lost the two most important men in my life, um, it affected me a great deal. And I didn't know how, I don't know what happened. It's like something kind of clicked. And it was like, it wasn't even right when my father died. It was when it was a couple of years later and it just kind of clicked you know, and it became more frequent. Like it was here and there when my dad died, but then it became more frequent. Um, mm. By the time I started when, my thirties, like by the time I became 30. Yeah. And when you're saying more frequent, are you talking about the narcolepsy specifically or certain types I, of dreams? I, what are you I'm talking about the narcolepsy I'm talking about, because I feel like the narcolepsy with the night terrors and the sleep paralysis that I do endure, um, yeah. they hand in some way. I just don't know what. I don't know how, I don't know how they all come together, but it, it really truly bothers me. Um, but I'm sorry, like it, it just thinking about it just kind of brings a lot out of me. Yeah, it still sounds very emotional for you. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is, it is. I think it's just because you go your, your entire life just trying to make it, you know, and you know, my thirties, I have, done so much growth I have I have grown so much as a person I've grown so much as a person in two years and you can see that in my TikTok journey yeah and it, yeah it, it, it does it does I have moments I have I do have moments um and I think you know it just I lose the most important people that have come into my life and it's just you know tomorrow is my best friend Jojo's birthday um she would mm. have been nine um so it's just kind of it, I think it all plays a part. I think losing people and internalizing everything and everything that you've gone through instead of getting, you know, mental help um, plays a huge role in, in your, especially. Yeah. So yeah. Well, it really does. Well, let's, let's jump into some of those things. Cause I've got some other questions I want to ask, but I kind of want to lay a foundation for the, the conversation that we're going to have and sort of the way that when I'm working with dreams and when I'm working with people, you know, on my page, um, the way that I'm thinking about things, right? So inside of us, right, there's, there's kind of two parts. There's our thinking part that we exercise and use while we're awake. And then there's kind of all the rest, which yes. is all the emotions, all the memories. It's, you know, the part of your brain that keeps your heart beating, right? And, you know, those yes. are all things that you can't consciously control. They right. just they just happen independently. You can't you can't just like make yourself feel happy. You have to experience no. happy. You can't make yourself speed your heart rate up. Uh you have to be experiencing something exciting or terrifying. And these these just happen by themselves. Right? Yeah. I mean, so, I I I agree for sure. I definitely never want to go through um any kind of sorry it's okay. I love it. I, I never want to go through, uh, I, I never want anybody to endure what I went through. I made a, a lot of changes in my life because I didn't want to continue to go down that role, that hole. So I made the choice to be happy. Um, I made, well, I made the choice to be, I made the choice to make the proper adjustments for my happiness. That's probably yes. the best for me to say, because Lord knows I try <laughs> and, you yeah. know, I, I, clinically depressed and, and deal with a lot. So it's just kind of and good on you, know, you for still trying, you know, 
it's a, uh, it is tough. It is tough, it, but that's really, I mean, the way that you described it is a perfect example. That's the way that these two parts of the brain really interact one with another. There's the automatic part. And then the thinking part makes these conscious choices to care for and to support the automatic part. Right. So, right. you know, you can't, you can't just snap your fingers and feel happy, but you can make some conscious choices in order to start living and aligning your life with the things that will make you happy. And that's, that's the way that it's supposed to go. But sometimes things happen in life where, you know, our, our conscious choices are kind of taken away, right? Yeah. I mean, if we had the ability to choose, there's probably a lot of things that you would have chosen not to happen the way that they did. I mean, my life too. Gosh, yes, in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. Of course. And so then we're kind of faced with this weird opportunity, right? With this weird uh, sort of situation where we have to react to something that is totally outside of our control. Um, right. And some people, and as is normal, I think with most of us, sometimes we have to kind of like push those things down and just kind of like, man, I can't do anything with this right now. I've just got to kind of hold on to it way down deep inside of what we call the unconscious part of our brain. Right. Now we can push it down and it, it moves out of conscious awareness but it's still, it's still in the back of your head. You know, that phrase it's, it's on, it's in the back of my mind. I'm still yeah. thinking about this stuff. And so if things kind of, kind of rest in there without being fully uh, kind of, kind of made sense of, or fully integrated into who we are, they can cause some reactions in our dreams. Now, the right. reason for that's very interesting. When we are, when we're sleeping, the conscious part of your brain turns off. So it no right. longer can keep those things down. Anything that was in the back of your mind, that's kind of like, you know, pressing against the surface to reach consciousness. Yes. Well, it's no longer held back and boom, there it is. And whether it's nightmares or dreaming about your crush or thinking about your ex or, you know, dreaming about a loved one who's passed away, it all just comes rushing forth. I truly wish that it was nothing about my ex. It was all about my exes. Cause Lord knows I've gone through it. I wish my dreams had, you know, were just cookie cutter like that. Um, however. <laughs> yeah. What are yours like? Tell me, tell me a little bit. What do you experience when you're experiencing dreams? What well, comes I've, forth? With the sleep terrors and the night, because uh, I was having sleep uh, paralysis. I started having that um, very consistently at the age of 29. I would have sleep paralysis or a night terror three times a week and or a night terror three times a week. Um, I've gone and saw sleep specialists. Um, they have helped me, um, to where we discovered that I do have a form of narcolepsy, like a mild case of narcolepsy. And, um, there's just a huge stigma on narcolepsy that a lot of people just don't understand. And I can't force them to understand. They can just think, you know, stereotypically, um, but it's not what everybody thinks that it is. Um, so typically my dreams, um, I've always been a very vivid dreamer. Um, but the past few years I've actually, I was so sick and tired of, of having these night terrors and sleep paralysis that I would try to take care of myself. I would do guided, uh, sleep meditations. I do guided sleep meditations every night. I do sleep hypnosis, um, every yeah. night because that has actually helped me, um, That's as great. far as night terrors and sleep paralysis. Yes. To where it's like, if I do, for instance, a, a lucid dreaming, uh, one of the things that have actually helped me more than anything are lucid dreaming guided meditations, because I can somewhat control what is happening in my dream. Yes. Yes. So, so two that things you said there that are super interesting. And I think right on the money for the science of dream interpretation, 
Uh, one is lucid dreaming. So I, a lot of people don't know, but they will actually teach military veterans how to lucid dream to deal with PTSD nightmares. So this is actually something that's in practice. I don't think a lot of doctors or even sleep specialists really know or use it or advocate for it. But you know, when I talk about lucid dreaming and interpreting your dreams, this is something that we've shown makes a huge right. difference and a huge improvement for people and their mental health. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's helped me. And that's why it was just like when you came across that dream interpretation, I had said in the video that I hadn't had a uh, sleep paralysis or a night terror in three years. I actually, I was actually wrong about that. Um, I, it was two years. I think it was, it had been two, two years or close to two years that I haven't had a sleep paralysis or night terror, mainly because I do those guided meditations and I do those, um, those sleep hypnosis every night because yeah. when I dream, it's like all the sleep, the sleep specialists that I have seen, they have never once brought up lucid dreaming. They have never once said anything. I had to go do my research spiritually and I did that. And that has worked for me in such a huge way. So when this came out of the middle of nowhere, it like when I had this sleep paralysis and then again, the next night had a night terror it completely caught me off guard because I was so used and I was doing so well to where, you know, here I am now and I'm, you know, on a podcast with you about to explain what happened. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, and, and what you're saying about the, uh, the sleep hypnosis and about the guided meditations where you fall asleep, that's kind of the second point that makes sense mm -hmm. to me. Lucid dreaming is very helpful. Hold on to that, file it away. But then also what happens when somebody experiences sleep paralysis or, or um, narcolepsy, right, is the brain is not going through the cycles of sleep in the nice sequential cadence that it's supposed to. It's all kind of disrupted. You know, yes. um, it can go, it can go up and down your light, then you're deep, then you're REM, and then you're somewhere else. So what's the brain's trying to do is it's trying to go through these altered states in sequence so you can rest and release any unprocessed emotions or make sense of any experiences throughout the day. If you don't get that restful and recuperative sleep, uh, you're going to really struggle to deal with your emotions. Now, in order to get that and go through those phases of sleep, uh, the very first phase is a hypnotic state. It's that first altered state. And so meditation is very similar to it. Hypnosis is very similar to it. And if you can get your mind to actually concentrate on those things, you'll actually start the sleep cycle off on the right foot. Right. A lot of people think that in order to go to sleep, you have to relax, but actually falling asleep is a, is a state of focused concentration, not relaxation. And a lot of people get frustrated and confused about that. So, so doing the meditation makes a lot of sense to me. You're starting yourself off on the right foot to go through those cycles in sequence. Right. It's, it's literally embracing myself. Um, yeah. because I mean, and like I said, I mean, these, these sleep hypnosis and these guided meditations that you can easily find on YouTube easily, they have like a million different of them, a million oh, different so many. ones, amazing ones. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, it's. It's just insane of how much it's truly helped me and my sleeping. Now, there are times where because I'm in so much pain because of my autoimmune disease, um, mm. 
I, I don't sleep. So you'll see me wake up at like two 30 in the morning and I'll do a live and do makeup because I can't sleep because physically I'm in pain, but then I'm nodding off my yeah. narcolepsy nodding off, you know, a lot of the times to where it's, it's affecting, you know, it's affecting my content. It's affecting, you know, my daily life with my children. I have two children. Uh, one's a senior. She's about to be a senior in high school. Um, and then I have a four-year-old. Cool. Yeah, I know golly she tells me i'm old every day um, that's wild that's wild man i can't imagine. having a kid and then they grow up to be a senior high school man, make you make your brain hurt yeah but then when she graduates my son will start kindergarten so it is a, an insane thing but i i mean i'm very blessed with those two children because they that's they cool. love their mom but, and they're very supportive that. yeah i have a very big support group when it comes to my you know my sleeping and stuff because my sleeping is so different than other people's it just it, like even my parents, my family doesn't understand um, the grasp of, of everything that happens to me truly on a daily basis when it comes to my autoimmune diseases and uh, what I suffer with, you know, mentally as far as because I do feel like sleep, you know, sleeping and dreams and the narcolepsy falls under a lot of like, it not only follows neuro neurologically, but it can also follow, you know, mental health aspect. And, um, and that is what I struggle with. And I think that's probably why a huge reason why I've had, you know, I had such a huge flare up when it came to my sleep paralysis last, you know, was it last week or the week before last, um, mm. because it was back to back sleep paralysis. And then I was, and then I had a night terror the next night. And luckily no sleep paralysis. I was able to, to get myself out of it. Um, yeah ask me how because I don't know <laughs> don't ask me how. uh but I was able to get out of that that second dream and then ever since then I've been absolutely a-okay that's that's great news so not really sure what fixed it but uh it's gone it's gone for now yeah. for now I, like I'm never gonna say never anymore when it comes to that because I had right. I, like I fell for almost two years and then for it just to come back and just smacked me in the face the way that it did that was so wrong for them to do that. <laughs> i swear to god <laughs> not nice brain why would you do this to me not nice at all and it was it was absolutely fucking terrifying um yeah i mean about it was just absolutely terrifying because i had done absolutely so well like when it comes to lucid dreamings and, and being a psychic medium like there are people on the other side that i just want to talk to and uh with lucid dreamings like and I'm like, I know that this might be a different aspect, but before, like when I do my meditation, before I do my um, sleep hypnosis and, and my guided meditations, yeah. I ask for a certain person to come through in my dream. And they usually do very spot on um, just because I want to see them because it's, it's hard when you lose people. Yeah. And it's you losing people is what people go through every day in life. It's, it's, letting go of the physical aspect, but I was able to find a way to still talk to them and still be around them, which is via dreams. And I've yeah. been able to do that very, very nicely. And, and, um, sometimes there are days where I'm just like, I don't want any of y'all coming to my dreams. Like <laughs> I, I need some space. Uh, I need, yeah, I need to chill because sometimes I'll ask, you know, you know, one of my favorite ones that lost his life was Sean and he comes into my dreams all the time. I'm just like, look, I need space, dude. I need space. You know, it's, it's like, when, it's like when grandma stays over a little bit too long at the family reunion, like grandma, we're wrapping up, man. You got to go. <laughs> like, I love you too. I love you too, Meemaw, but I got places to be, you know? Yeah. So yeah. 
that, but he was always a very vibrant person in life. And, you know, I had dated him for such a long time and we had such a huge connection that even when we broke up, we had such a huge friendship and it was just, he was a very important person in my life and to where he would just, he just, that's how he is. He just comes in whenever. So when I have to make boundaries, it's just kind of like, all right, I see how it is. So I'll make boundaries. Um, That kind of makes sense. That's funny. That's funny. Man, I've got, I've got a lot to say on that. Um, I don't know why. Usually it lets me keep going, but it's going to say that it's ending the meeting. So let me send you another link and we'll join right back up. Is that okay? Yeah, no, 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 for sure. For sure. Nice. I okay, got- be right back. <laughs> love it. Love it. Dream, I stopped and they stopped chasing me right after. It was just kind of like, I, I was like out of breath and I was just like, I'm done. You, you know, you want to get me, eat me. I don't care. And they literally stopped. Half of That's them so died. cool. So that's amazing. That's pretty cool. So whenever somebody has like a sleep demon or they experience sleep paralysis and they see the shadow figures or they're, they're running from a monster or serial killer in their dream. I always tell them like, listen, the, the reason that they're chasing you is because you're running. If you would actually get a little bit lucid and turn and say, Hey, what's up? How can I help you? How can I love you better? it changes the whole dynamic of the dream. Yeah. There's a there's a really famous dream. Uh, I forget in whose book. It might've been Carl Jung who talked about it. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But um, he had this patient of his who would have this reoccurring dream. And we all know reoccurring dreams happen because there's a problem in your life that you haven't solved yet. Your mind repeats that dream until you solve it. I, I had this reoccurring. It's cool, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's annoying as hell, but it's nice to know. Okay, this is what's going on. So so he had this patient who was driving, right? And so he'd be driving in his car in his dream, and this car would come up behind him and start flashing its lights and honking at him. And so he would speed up and try and get away from this car. Yeah. Uh, and every time he would crash into a pole and wake up. Right. So, so Carl Jung t- tells him, he's like, well, did you try asking them what they want? I mean, clearly they're trying to get your attention. So he, in his dream, he becomes a little bit lucid. He kind of sets intention before he goes to bed. He stops the car and he's ready. He's like, I'm going to be murdered here. And so he he stops the car, rolls down his window and he goes in the back of the trunk and picks up like a tire iron. And he goes over to this other car and he like bangs on the window. He's like, what do you want? And it's, and and he window rolls down and it's a little old lady. And she says, Hey, your headlights are out. Be careful. I don't want you to crash. Hmm. And so it was just this beautiful symbol, beautiful symbol for exactly what our mind does while we sleep. When we're sleeping, our mind is trying to send us warnings, but we run away from these warnings all the time. And like yours, which I think is such a beautiful dream. If we were to turn and say, okay, these cobras, these giant cobras are chasing me. What's up, buddy? Like what, what do you need to tell me? What insight do you need to give me? And cobras are the king of snakes, they which is me. a symbol. The most, those would be the, the snakes that would scare me the most. Because I mean, when they come in, they come in, have their head out and they're just no fucks given, right? So yeah, it's just yeah. be the ones that would scare me the most that I would probably be like, uh, no. Which makes but, it a perfect symbol, which makes a perfect symbol for the fear that you have. But snakes are cobras, king of snakes, and snakes are a symbol for transformation and healing, yes. right? Usually like if you notice on the medical symbol, uh, it's got two snakes intertwined around the medical symbol. And that's like an ancient kind of representation of the antidote, right? So snakes have always been associated with healing. 
even right. uh, even in Greek culture, uh, Asclepios was the snake that was intertwined around the staff for the god of healing, and that's how he did that. So it's it's been like this this ancient archetype that we've always had inside of our mind as humans. Uh, right. So it's about transformation. Sometimes it can be about male genitalia, uh, but that's for a different topic. <laughs> I mean, there's been, there's been no action here by choice for five years. So definitely not for me. That's probably not in my dreaming. Uh, Well, I mean that for some people that can be the problem, they dream of snakes because there's no action. So you you never know. You never know. Oh gosh. Now thanks. Thanks for that. Because now I'm going to, that's all I'm going to think about when I get another snake in my dream. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thinking thinking about Dick, you know, it's okay. It happens. I mean, right. (laughs) Happens to all of us. What can I (laughs) I mean, God, bless America. It just, ah, now I'm not gonna, now I can't unsee it. Now, now that you told me that I can't unsee it, but I always make sure <laughs> the color of the snake, because I know what the color of the snake, I, I don't know what it symbolizes, but I'm not sure as hell find out, you know, when I wake up and be like, okay, why did, a, why the fuck did a green snake come in? Why the fuck did a white snake come in? And I've had all colors of the fucking rainbow with snakes, you know? And I'm just wondering, like, why is this, you know, why is this happening? I cannot unthink this now. <laughs> you, know, you know, penises come in all shapes, sizes, and colors. So, you know, you got the whole rainbow going on inside side your head. I, I have had, it's uh, the only reason I say that, we're joking. But I say that yeah. because I've had, uh, I've had many patients who tell me about snakes in their dreams. And it can be sort of a sublimated symbol for repressed sexual trauma. And so it was, it was something that happened in their childhood. Or it was something that happened with an ex-boyfriend. And so they're running from the traumatic experience, figuratively kind of running from, you know, the penis of their ex. That could be a whole podcast on its own of how many dreams I've had about that. So if you want to do another podcast about snake dreaming, I'm more than happy to, because I've got dreams of those for fucking days. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But when you start to think about it, like, whoa, okay, so snakes can be kind of this masculine archetype. Um, you start to see it in all sorts of culture. Like yes. when when Britney Spears danced on the stage with a giant, you know, uh, python. Yeah. Well, what is that? What is that symbolic of? Well, there's Britney Spears. She's the queen of penis. And so it's like, oh, it's very suggestive. You know, she really knows how to eyes let's not forget this not just penis vaginas too i agree i agree but how, okay let me ask you a question if you if you go by he him and you like or or you are you know lesbian or bisexual or anything else like that and you have dreams about sexual would it still come in snakes if you like vagina like how would that how would that even work still so, snake so or tacos yeah, usually there's two things with that it could be tacos yeah <laughs> about that <laughs> you had a dream about tacos no yes i'm bisexual so it just kind of like whatever happens, all, happens. just all the <laughs> things <laughs> so so here's here's the other level to it and, and a lot of people don't really know this um Dream interpreters and dream interpretation has understood the fluid nature of sexuality before that became popular in culture. So when you're dreaming about snakes, it could be, you know, somebody else's masculine energy, or it could be your masculine energy, right? So 
here, but here's the thing. It's going to, let me take it one level even deeper, right? So let's say mm-hmm. that you've got some sexual trauma. You're dealing with a lot of snake streams because of your sexual trauma. Okay. It makes sense that, that that would be not just about the sexual experience with the person that wasn't good. It's about how it wounded your own masculine energy. And now how you feel sort of threatened with connecting with your own masculine energy, because your last experience with masculine energy was such a traumatic experience. So it keeps you from connecting with that. So for you, Megan, I mean, I don't know, right. We can talk about it later, whether you want to be honest about it or not. I've been single for five years by choice. Um, And that is because of my last relationship. And it was a very, very abusive relationship in all aspects, mentally, physically, sexually um stuff like that so it's just kind of that is that is that could be a complete podcast on its own when it comes to dream wise and stuff like that but I never thought about it that way because I only feel my feminine energy I never feel any kind of now when I think of like taking stands and stuff like that like that's a lot of feminine energy like a lot of people I think just I don't know how to explain it I always feel like feminine energies can be somewhat stronger than masculine energies. Um, and, and that is the energies that I feel. And especially when it comes to pain tolerance as well. Um, especially when it comes to pain tolerance. And I, I'm not saying that, you know, Oh, men aren't these buff things, but I feel like a lot of them overcompensate for things that we don't care about as women. We don't care about, you know? So it's just kind of, that's insane. That is absolutely. So, so here's the encouragement for you, Megan, like let's say, or anybody listening to this podcast episode, if you're having a dream about snakes chasing you specifically cobras, the king of snakes, here is, here is a symbol for not only masculine energy, but the king of masculine energy. There can be this fear inside of you of connecting with your very intense, very strong masculine energy and your masculine energy that's in you and won't go anywhere is trying to connect to you. It's like, Megan, like, let us help you. Let us be there for you. Connect with the strength that's inside of you, not just your feminine energy, but the balance and the masculine energy as well. But there's a little bit of hesitation connecting with that. Right. Or maybe some hormone therapy that I need to go through. (laughs) Hey, right. Whatever, whatever's the right direction for you, you know? No. Well, I've actually been looking into hormone therapy lately. So it's just kind of like, wow, that kind of opened up my eyes a little bit because I didn't even think dreams about snakes so much because I was also like a lot of like my family is just like, Megan, when are you going to get married? And I'm just like, I don't honestly, I don't know if I ever want to like, I, why are families like that? Like, leave it alone. I'll get married when I want to, damn it. But it's like, as a, you know, like, for like a partner would I like a partner absolutely I would love a partner and a penguin and stuff but it's just like marriage I have seen so much struggle in my life when it comes to marriage and 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 so much trauma when it comes to marriage um when it comes to my parents that it's just kind of like I don't I feel like you know a piece of, I don't need a piece of paper that is going to tell me that this person loves me you know what I'm saying it's all about that connection it's all about that drive and, and stuff like that and that's the only thing that matters to me, like I'm 37 years old, like y'all, if I'm going to die alone, I'm going to die alone. If I'm going to be the crazy cat lady, I'm going to be the crazy cat lady. Okay. Like nothing wrong with that, man. I think we live in a, in a society to where we have been conditioned very much. So conditioned into, um, believing that the only thing to life is to get married, have kids, start a family, all that stuff. That's how I was. That's how I was raised. 
that was I grew the, up very religious too. Yeah. I hear you. Only thing that we were conditioned as our life, like our life, the only thing to our life was just that. And it's not. And you know, it, it took me 35 years to fully understand that concept. And I'm so glad that I did. Now I do get lonely, but it's like at the same time, we were conditioned that way. So it's just kind of like in the dreaming aspect of that. Yeah, I guess that I get these, you know, these snake dreams because I get so much shit in my, in my real life about my dating life now, you know, I, one day, yeah, like I, if it happens, it happens for me, but I'm not going to have it pushed on me. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that is the reason why I'm getting these snakes in my dreams all the time. Because when I tell you all the time, it's at least once or twice a week, I see a snake in my dream. Makes sense. Well, I hope now that when you see a snake in your dream, you feel encouraged that it's your, you know, your own masculine side, your own strength that's trying to connect with you. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's not your family forcing a snake upon you. Cause that's it. You know, Crazy. that's a lot of what happens with trauma. If we really talk about it, it's like, here's something that is supposed to be good that is subverted and, and twisted and manipulated into something that's used to harm someone. There's nothing right. wrong with with male genital genitalia. It's fine. Right. Right. But you can use it inappropriately, just like, you know, you can use anything inappropriately. And so it's like, right. it would be nice to be able to choose the snake that you want to live with, not right. to have a snake bite you. Right. That's the I, dynamic shift. As we were having this conversation, and actually, since we're talking about dreams and on topic, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this tattoo. This tattoo was an entire dream um, that wow. I had. Show it off. Let's see it. Let's see it. Well, I had gotten this, and you have to excuse my arms a little bit because they're a little flabby right now. But um, oh, no, 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 no. Body positive. No shame. No. Um, I got this dream. I had this dream in, in 2010 when my daughter. Uh, was really sick. She's better now. She's happy go lucky. She's so much better. But I had okay. gotten this, and it right now it's a uh, meadow going into the sunset. Wow. And instead of the night sky, I did Van Gogh Starry Night uh, because Van Gogh is my favorite artist. But you see the forget me nots because in this dream that I had, I was in a meadow and you can see little small little flowers. It's beautiful. I can't. Can you believe I got this almost twelve years ago and the color in it? That was um, twelve years ago. Wow, you did a. I, you put a lot of sunscreen on or they did a great job or both. Well, I'm allergic to the sun. So I use a lot of SPF 50. Um, I always use SPF when I go out. So especially when PSA, I go say wear sunscreen, keep your tattoos safe. It's worth it. I go to Orlando when I go to Harry Potter world and stuff like that. Cause I have season passes and stuff. So it's just kind of we gotta like, go. I know I love it there so much. Next podcast it. in person. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. That would be amazing. Um, but um, this dream was when she was really sick and I was, these are forget me nots because in this, in this meadow, in this meadow, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at how beautiful the sky is and I'm looking at all the stars and stuff like that. And I look, and there are these beautiful blue flowers and there, and I went and like, I woke up and I was just like, holy shit, this, this dream is so vivid. Let me look up what these were. And I went to look, I had a flower book and I was looking and they were forget me nots. And I was just like, I have to make this into a tattoo. And this is an actual dream tattoo that I've had. Wow. It's not beautiful. Forget, not forget the moment. And, and, um, which, so for which, you, that dream meant don't forget the moment. Yes. Do not forget the moment. Do not forget, uh, do not forget to not just don't take life for granted because yeah, you've got to live in the moment because you never know what is going to happen. 
you know, well, that makes so much sense because the interpretation for field is about fertility and opportunity. It's about it being a rich soil. And then the sky is about your hopes and dreams and aspirations. So with the flowers, flowers being, you know, kind of a gift and fertile as well, you put those all together. It's like, here's a fertile ground for your dreams and aspirations. Right. Don't, don't take this moment for granted. Isn't that insane? I, I completely like it, it, I'm thinking about it because I always just lotion it up and stuff, but it's just kind of like thinking about this now. I have a dream tattoo from 12, you know, from like 12 years ago. It's insane yeah. to me. So That's very cool. Dreams are in a nutshell. So it's just kind of like, I can control the dream. I can control the aspects. We talked about snakes. We talked about, you know, like I'm able to control and be able to manage my dreams on a regular basis. So that is it in a nutshell of, of like the dreams that I have. Like, and this has been obviously going on since 2010, since, you know, with that. So yeah, it's, it's pretty insane thinking about that now. It's insane. Yeah. That's so cool, man. I mean, dreams are really, really important to people because you're connecting with a part of yourself that is so, uh, like significant and primal and, and unshakable, you know, this is deeply, deeply who you are. And so when you connect with something in your dreams, it's very, very powerful for people because you're really connecting with something deep. Now, I just want to go ahead and make this, and I want to make this abundantly clear. Now, there is a difference for me, you know, as a psychic medium, there's a different, there's a difference between lucid dreaming mm -hmm. and astral projection. Now, astral projection is another sort of, of crazy rambition that I feel like are other dimensions, you know, um, that is something that I just, that's a different thing and a different topic for probably another different podcast, but for me, I have to say that lucid dreamings are completely, totally different than astral projection. So when I'm talking about these dreams, I'm talking about lucid dreaming. I am no way, shape, and form talking about astral projections, jumping dimensions, or anything else like that. So okay, yeah. I want to say that on your podcast in case one of my followers go and watch and they're just like, wait, wait a second. I just need to make that abundantly clear. Lucid dreaming and astral projections are two totally different fields in the, in the spectrum, you know? So. Yeah, I've read a little bit about astral projection. I, I can't really say scientifically I know what it is because that seems like it's very much the spiritual side. Lucid dreaming is very well documented, very well researched. Astral projection, it's like a different plane and all that. And that's like a, that's a whole, whole kind of separate thing. So that's from ballpark. And, and I, I have to encourage anybody that wants to go into astral projection. You will never, like for me, I've done it maybe once or twice. And, um, I can't do it all the time. I don't want to do it all the time because it is so much energy and it's so much it's exhausting. Shift. It's exhaust. Oh my gosh. It's like, I saw a TikTok that you had made that you, you just feel so exhausted and, and, you know, like you basically lived another life, you know, in, in, in lucid dreaming, right. Yeah. When after projection, you are still moving energetically. So it's like, you've not really gone to sleep. You are moving still and you're, you're moving still energetically through time, uh, through dimensions. Yeah, and you're pulling is, an all nighter. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I'm like, I think I'll stick to my lucid dreaming. Thank you. So it's, that's how it is for me. Um, but I needed to make that abundantly clear because it's just like, you, you feel exhausting. Yes. Lucid dreaming can make you exhausted. However, yeah. a completely different realm than what we're talking about right now. I mean, it's good not distinction. No, good distinction to be made. It's nothing in comparing to sleep paralysis or night terrors or anything else like that. That is not associated with astral projections at all. Nah, separate thing. Separate thing. Yeah. My, very cool. No. So 
Well, before we before we wrap up, I wonder if you would share. Uh, I know we've been talking about so much. If you would Hi. share the uh, the the picture that you wanted to share in that one dream that you want to talk about that happened what was it, like two and a half weeks ago now. It was about a week and a half ago, I think. I about think a week and a half ago. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is the dream that happened, and there were so many things that I had left out in the the video. So in this dream, I'm in a, an 1800s, uh, an 1800 uh, old home. And I'm talking about, this is a slave. This was, you know, when slaves were actually, you know, a thing in the 1800s and stuff like that. Um, and I say this because it, it goes more into detail. Um, this, it's a very old home, but it's also been managed very well. Um, but it's completely empty and I'm in the living room and it's, and I have to say this, the, uh, it was daytime that I did not put in the, in the video. It was actual daytime, uh, in the okay. living room the carpet was Brown. And I remember this because I'm about to get into it specifically. The carpet was Brown. And in the corner, I see this little girl. Uh, she has banana curls, which is just those banana curl pigtails, which is just mm -hmm. one big curl. Um, she has an Oshbegosh jumper. Um, and I remember it specifically because I used to wear them as a kid in the 80s. Um, right. and, you know, the late 80s, early 90s. Um, and uh, it was a dress. It was like a skirt. And she was wearing tennis shoes. She was wearing red Converse tennis shoes um, that I didn't have in there. But the face, you could not see. You couldn't see. But I was watching her and she was drawing. Right. And okay. she was at me and she was drawing these people and I'm, I'm trying to talk to her and say hey how's you know what's going on or how are you doing what are you doing and she marks out one of the people that she drew well instantly and I mean I feel it physically in the lot in my in life as well but I feel the pain and it's in my left it's in my left hand and my left wrist and my you know like because I have lupus and, and MCTD so there's rheumatoid arthritis in my hand and stuff like that and yeah. I side of my arm and in my in my joints and stuff like that but I could actually feel like I felt like I was actually feeling it in life and I felt it after the dream so I'm running and I run out of there because I can feel this excruciating pain and so I go into the kitchen and there's this island and she's on the other side of the island I will remember and it's still brightest day it's brightest day and we're in the kitchen and um she's right there in the corner still mm -hmm. can see brightest day and I'm, I said, please leave me alone. She scratches the second, she scratches the second person that she drew. She drew three people. Okay. Uh, she scratches the second uh, person. So yeah. uh, ominous, very ominous. Yeah. Scratches the second person still cannot see her for the life of me. When that happens, the right leg starts going into excruciating pain in my joints. And I am Ooh. literally in my dream I'm literally screaming now when I say that this is an 1800 1800 house is because there was what was called a slave there was a uh servant door yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and slaves could not go up like could go up the normal stairs they had to go up the servant through the servant door and I noticed that door. I, I opened the door and I ran up there and I went into the furthest room of the house furthest room now this room was dark it had uh, if you can see, I have blackout curtains, so yeah. it had curtains, but I can remember that the light was on and there was green carpet, green carpet. And she's in the corner again. 
And I'm like, begging her please and I'm begging to wake up I'm like please wake up please wake up why can't I wake up please stop I mean it's just chaotic and all of a sudden um she scratches out the third person and it goes Uh into my lower and instantly when it goes into my lower back I wake up and my like when I'm laying I'm laying with my back but I have my head tilted towards my door so you could and I open my eyes and I cannot move. I'm in excruciating pain in the left, in my left arm, in my right knee and in my lower back. And I'm seeing this. Of course, I know exactly what's happening because I knew that it was a sleep paralysis and I'm trying to yeah. tell myself for it not to be in pain. This is not going to be painful because sleep paralysis isn't supposed to be painful, but I'm literally trying to scream, ask for help, all this stuff. Um, and I see this, it is like an entity. And, you know, it's an entity. It's like, you can't see if it's feminine or masculine or anything. It's just black. And it's just a the entire door. But on the bottom of the entity, there is smoke coming through and like mm. towards my bed, inching towards my bed. And I'm literally just saying, wake up, Megan, wake up. This isn't real. This isn't real. Wake up, wake up. And I finally wake up, but I'm freaking out. I'm still in pain on the left side, uh, left side, right knee back. I'm literally just frantic. I run out my door and my stepfather actually is out in the living room because there are times where he can't sleep at night. And he said, what is the matter? Are you okay? And I trying to explain to him and stuff like that. And, um, he was just, he felt so helpless. He had no idea what to do, what to say. He said, look, go lay down what's going on. So I into a live and I was just like, this is what's going on. I don't know what's happening. I made a video about it because it was bothering me so much because throughout that entire day I made that video and then I never I never filmed again because I was so much in pain from that dream and then I broke my tooth that day and had a complete panic attack because of the sleep paralysis and stuff like that I have never felt pain in dreams because it's not real and I always tell myself it's not real but it was and I felt it and I felt it both awake and and asleep and I don't even know how to explain it but it literally I was scared to go to sleep for a solid four days. My left ear is ringing. That's insane. But um, it's okay. It's okay. Well, but, sometimes those things happen. You know, when we talk about things that are emotional, we experience it in our bodies too. So your left ear ringing makes sense. So that is exactly the extent of the dream. I Like how I remember the carpet color, like in the kitchen, it was linoleum. Did I say yeah. that right? It was linoleum. So. It was of pretty clean it was all very white very bright and stuff like that and these three people were in a field and uh, like I do remember that they're not in a house or anything else like that but they're three Mm -hmm. people you know me my son and my daughter it could have symbolized anything but I do remember three people in specific and then to be in such physical pain right right the dream I've never like throughout any of my sleep paralysis episodes my you know my night terrors anything else like that i have never never been like this never it is i have never experienced this in my life doing okay over there yeah just energy like it's just feeling going through that again it's just like like, yeah saps a lot out of you yeah yeah yeah. take your time take your time it's all right no it's all right kind of trying to snap myself out of it yeah well well my turn to talk for a little bit well well uh you you rest for a minute (laughs) here's here's uh my thoughts and i want to start out by saying like if there's a spiritual kind of meaning and significance to to this for you 
Uh, I don't want to take away or detract from that at all. Like I really respect that. And I want you to hold on to that. I will just kind of give sort of the the scientific, the research side of this dream and see if that aids you just kind of like with the snakes, you know, see if that aids you and kind of your understanding or the, or the sense that you make of this, the meaning that you give to this. So there's a couple right. of things. So let's kind of, let's kind of go through it. The, the 1800s house, um, it can have, can have a couple meanings. Uh, houses are very much a symbol for our mind, right? They're a symbol for our psyche. It's kind of where we live. I talk about that one all the time. And specifically something that's like, like a plantation house or like a house that would have sort of slave quarters or servant quarters. Yeah. Uh, a house that would be like that very much can symbolize this like old school kind of repressed, kind of stuck, kind of trapped, you know, slavery type mindset that can really cause us trouble. So you're inside this kind of mental mindset, this kind of trapped sort of mindset, and it's causing you some difficulty. The dream kind of continues and you see this girl. Now, it could be kind of somebody else, but more likely what we know about dreams is that our mind turns inwards and this has to do with us. So I would, I would venture to say that this girl is a representation for your inner child. And so it's your inner child trying to connect with you. Now, the significance is that you can't see the face. And so there's this little girl that lives inside of you, but you don't really know her identity or what she means to you or really what she's trying to express. And sometimes the needs that we have, those, those inner child needs can be very scary, be very daunting and make us even frustrated. Uh, yeah. And so you kind of are experiencing this tension inside of this trapped mindset of your mind. Um, and as the dream kind of goes on, she's trying to communicate by writing right? She's trying to give you a message. Um, and she's crossing out these people. And so I don't know exactly what those people are for you, because it sounds like it's very, very personal. And maybe it'll come to your mind as we talk about it. In fact, it probably will. But I would imagine that those are characters inside of you or characters that you've learned from your experiences in life. And the little girl inside of you wants you to let go of these characters that you've been playing, of these roles that you're trying to embody. But it's painful to let those things go wow. because they've served a point. They've served a purpose for you in your life up until this point. But the little girl knows, you know, the wisdom of kids, you know, from the mouth of babes, they say the little girl knows that these aren't the characters you're supposed to be for forever. Right. Letting go of them is painful, but it's the process that she wants to go through. Now the sleep paralysis kind of happens because there's so much emotion related to this concept inside of your mind, the, the mental repression symbolized by the plantation home that you experience on a day-to-day -day basis, that the emotion gets so intense, it kind of knocks you out of sleep before your brain actually gets out of sleep and you experience sleep paralysis. And we know from the research that sleep paralysis is the experience of your eyes open before you actually physically come out of the sleep cycle. So you start to see dream images and dream projections in your room. Now, when your eyes are open, those often look like shadows and they often look like, you know, very foreboding kind of images. And so kind of relating that to the little girl, this is a projection of all the baggage that you have from the past, most likely all the stuff that you're afraid of accepting about who you truly are deep down inside. And it's daunting that person, that entity, that archetype inside of you wants to connect with you, but there's some fear about connecting uh, because I, I would imagine that the last time you really connected with it, what well, was probably really scary, it probably didn't end the way that you wanted it to. No. And so your mind's trying to 
make sense of this, trying to give you this message and say, Hey, Megan, you're at a place in your life. And this is the encouraging part, Megan, you're at a place in your life where you have come through so many things and you've matured so much that you're ready to have that experience. Again, you have the strength inside of you to connect with a part of you that's been lost specifically something lost from childhood, that little girl that just wants to play and have fun and draw pictures with you. Uh, and so, so for me, like when we talk about trauma, we talk about mental health, I would imagine that this is kind of what your mind is trying to connect with you. Yeah. How does, how does that sit with you when I kind of talk it through? God, fuck. <laughs> I okay. see this. It, can, um, it can be a little emotional. When I was a kid, I grew up very religious. I couldn't be a kid. It was, I had to do things a certain way and please people a certain way. And I grew up in a very evangelist, uh, evangelical church and it was very, it's upsetting to me even thinking about it because of just the trauma that I went through yeah. with it but the abuse that was because uh, it was very abusive um very very abusive and and um all I wanted there there were times where I couldn't I would see things um you know and I was told you know that I was lying or you know that it was just a dream and it was all in your head and I put it in the back of my you know put it in the back of my head um and just suppressed it because as you know that's what we're trained to do is suppress things, you know, spiritualize. And it's true. It's true. Scared. I was scared throughout my entire childhood thinking I was going to die or go to hell and, and suffer an eternal flame and to where I, I couldn't be myself. Um, I couldn't come out as bisexual. I didn't come out as bisexual until I was 35 years old. Um, I couldn't truly be myself. And um, never I never accepted your true self. No. I was very much forced into religion and I never wanted that for myself. I never, ever wanted that for myself. And I still struggle with it because my, you know, family is, is very religious, but, uh, yeah. most of my brother's a pastor. He is very much doesn't preach by law. He preaches by grace. Um, he's actually very great at what he does and he's very insane, like his preaching and stuff. And I'm so proud of him it's not about money and stuff like that. I mean, he had connections with Joel Osteen and Kenneth Copeland. And when he decided he was going to preach gay, uh, grace, they shunned him. They yeah, shunned I him. believe it. Wow. And so, and my brother has just continued, um, with his, with his preaching. And I'm so proud of him because <laughs> he was able to finally be able to preach the way he wants to, and not by what uh, the church community as a whole that we grew up in. Cause we grew up very fearful, very scared. And, um, and they are very loving. They accept me for who I am. Like I came out to them and they're very accepting. They're very loving. Um, they mm. truly believe sexual wasn't in the Bible and it was a mistranslation for centuries. And um, I'm able to be myself now. I just, I think that there are times when I was a child that I just wanted to be that quirky kid that I always knew I was, you know? Yeah. And I was told I was an idiot. And that, yeah, you it, didn't deserve that. I really empathize with that. It's not fair. It isn't fair. It isn't fair. No. I mean, it's just, you are forced. There's a lot of us that were, especially in the nineties, we were forced in, in, in religion. We didn't have a choice. We didn't have a choice. And so you see millennials no. and gens and you see them now trying to say, okay, well, no more. 
you know, yeah. and, and that's what I teach my children, just love and humanity. Um, and whatever they decide to believe will be on their own free will and, and not be forced. I want them to be a kid and, and who they are and stuff. Um, because I never got that. And I think that that really fucking bothers me. Um, and I just didn't realize that it bothered me until you told me that. Until and right I, now. Yeah. And spiritually wise, I can connect with this as well. Um, yeah, I think, I think absolutely. And spiritual makes sense too. And I, I think dreams communicate on that level, like both the, the mental health and the scientific, but also the spiritual. I think it, many of them have dual meanings like that. You know, in the spiritual, like in, in kind of in the spiritual, I mean, this is also saying, you know, in the spiritual aspect of this, you are not your ancestors. You need to break that generational. Mm. So that's when it is kind of, that is you explaining this to me scientifically is also connecting with me spiritually because yeah. this is saying you need to break the generational curse, which I have been oh. doing for now. So it, I don't want you to think what you're doing is ever a cop out because it also will, the way that you interpret it is so beautifully that anybody who doesn't see it and doesn't see how it connects spiritually, even when they are spiritually awakened, if they're a witch, if they are a psychic, you know, a psychic medium like myself, mm. uh, which, you know, I am all three. It is, it, you know, scientifically and spiritually it connects and um, wow, that is insane. <laughs> Cause now so I know glad. the only I... thing is the sleep paralysis thing, because it was very much real and it was very, like, it was very, in your face like it wasn't a shadow it was an entity like it, it was yeah. just like bottom looked like smoke but it was a it was very much like i could see it and i think that's probably a huge thing of like well how the fuck do i respond to that you know true true and that's where that's where there's kind of this blurry line like you know what you believe spiritually like like you said what we know from the research is that when you connect people with like electrodes on their head and you track what their brain is doing when they're experiencing sleep paralysis and seeing it's called a hypnopompic hallucination. Uh, when you see this, it's, it's a fun word. I love it. Hypnagogic hallucination is a hallucination you see when you're falling asleep. And a hypnopompic hallucination is one you see when you're waking up like two yeah. of my favorite words. They're so fun. But when we look at people's brain patterns, when they are seeing these, uh, you know, sleep demons or shadow figures, whatever you want to call them, their brains are lighting up the same way that you would in REM sleep. So that's right. why we kind of make this educated guess that you are dreaming with your eyes open. And that's why you see these shadows. Um, but I mean, that's just what we know currently. I mean, maybe we learn something new and we continue to develop our understanding. I truly but hope, I think we will eventually. It's just it's taken us centuries to get where we are, we are now and technology and, and science has just become a huge, huge yes. you know, changed so much, especially within the last couple of years. So I oh, fully, yeah. Yeah, like, I fully believe that maybe in my lifetime that we will be able to understand sleep paralysis and, and, you know, sleep paralysis more. Um, I truly believe scientifically, I think um, so too. hopefully in my lifetime, I would like, yeah. anyway. Megan, I just got to say, I really appreciate your bravery and sharing that and being so open and vulnerable. It means a lot I, to me and I really, really respect it. I'm so mad at you for making me cry though. <laughs> you, do, you have such beautiful makeup on, you know, I don't, I don't want to mess up your mascara. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Like I was able to catch it before and stuff, but. I think you did. You, you held it in. You held it in. Like, like the rest of our feelings. We just hold them all in, you know, it's. 
It's okay. And that's here right now. That is why we are here having this conversation right now is because we suppress our, our emotions and I need to get better. Absolutely at right. Yeah, me too. So, me too. I'm very grateful that you let me talk about this. It's insane. I went through it's, so many. Things. I know it was a whole, it was a whole roller coaster journey. You and me together. I, uh, thanks for, thanks for going on the ride with me. I appreciate it. This has been just a wonderful conversation, Megan. Uh, please check out Megan lemons on TikTok. Uh, her handles and all will be, you know, linked in the bottom. Did I say that right? Daddy lemons, daddy lemons, daddy lemons. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) I love it. You can call her daddy if you want to. It's fantastic. (laughs) but again megan thank you so much uh i look forward to talking again real soon uh have a great weekend you too you too oh my gosh thank you so much (laughs) yeah you're welcome bye bye